The Successful Servant Leader Podcast is all about the pioneer woman on her unique journey of becoming and being who God has called her to be. The divine connection between the wealth mindset and success in every area of our lives can no longer be denied. Successful Servant Leader teaches us how to increase our confidence and strategically and effectively serve while in the pursuit of success in our lives, our faith, and our businesses. I'm your host, Victoria Grace, and welcome to the show. Hey family, happy Black History Month. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the Successful Servant Leader Movement. I'm so happy that you're here. Give yourself a pat on the back for intentionally choosing to be a part of this conversation that will most definitely help all of us level up spiritually, personally, and professionally. If you're new here, welcome. Go ahead and make sure that you hit that subscribe button on whatever app you're listening on. You will most definitely get a fresh episode on either the wealthy place, healthy behavior change, and current topics related to the modern day servant leader every single week. I want to say happy new week, of course. I pray that your last week was off the chain, and if it wasn't, let's do what we can together to make sure that this week is. Something new that I would like to incorporate into every single episode of the podcast now is the concept of biblical truths. If you've been with me for some time, then you already know what these are. I post these every single day inside of The Pursuit, which is my free networking community. And we post these every single day. We have these biblical truths. And so I want to share at least one with you guys here on the podcast every single week. And so today's BT or biblical truth is nothing is impossible for me to accomplish or conquer. Make sure that you say that with me. Nothing is impossible for me to accomplish or conquer. And it's based off of Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And it says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to here and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Join me in standing firm on that. Okay. Believe that you do have the power and the authority through Christ to mentally and physically align yourself with God's truth regularly and consistently, not just on occasion. You guys know that our biblical truths are brought to us by SSL's Pursuit, the free networking community, and pretty much just a clarion call to servant leaders worldwide to emerge and be the pioneers God has called us all to be. If you'd like to join the community, you guys know that the link is always available in the show notes. Something that I like to remember is that the pursuit is always free, literally. You just have to make the choice to do it. And I'm very excited to hop into today's topic. Well, this really will be the topic for the entire month. And that is modern pioneer woman of her time. I am so excited to be talking about Mrs. Jarena Lee. I hope I'm saying her name right, but I'm thinking like Jarena, like Jarena, yes, sis, Miss Jarena Lee. So welcome to Black History Month with Successful Servant Leader. I am super excited to hop right on in to our modern pioneer woman. Jarena is considered a trailblazing African-American preacher and self-made woman. And when we look at the word trailblazer, it literally means a pioneer or an innovator. 
One Sunday in 1817, Jarena Lee attended a service at Mother Bethel AME Church in Philadelphia. A former servant, Lee had become a Christian nearly a decade before, a conversion experience which also awoke her desire to preach. Although she had expressed this calling to church leaders, Lee had never taken to the pulpit until today. Originally scheduled to preach, the Reverend Richard Williams was unable to speak the words he had prepared. Impulsively, Lee rose from her seat and addressed the congregation. Start quote, During the exhortation, God made manifest his power in a manner sufficient to show the world that I was called to labor according to my ability and the grace given unto me in the vineyard of the good husbandman. End quote. For reference, Husbandman is a person who cultivates the land, a.k.a. a farmer. Richard Allen, a.k.a. the founder of the AME Church, as well as the denomination bishop, and he also served as the pastor of Mother Bethel, was also in the audience that day. Lee had informed Allen of her aspirations eight years earlier. Eight years earlier, you guys. But he hadn't felt comfortable letting a woman speak from the pulpit. But that Sunday, Alan changed his mind, convinced that God's gift was operating in her that day. And following this, Lee would embark upon a career of public preaching. The first African-American woman to preach the gospel publicly, Lee preached to racially mixed Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, and Wesleyan audiences across the mid-Atlantic states, Lower Canada, Cincinnati, Detroit, and New England. What's more, she did so at a time when slavery was still legal and neither African-Americans nor women could own property or vote. Now, as we prepare to get into this next portion of learning about Mrs. Jarena, um, I believe that this is where we can really identify where Christianity is not a white man's religion. If you've never heard anyone say this, I do hear a lot of black individuals, especially in this day and age. I don't know if this is something that existed before this new age, but there are a lot of black people who do believe that Christianity is a white man's religion. And then you do have some black people who believe that God is real, but they do not believe the Bible because they believe that it was written by white men to keep black people down, to keep black people impoverished, and of course, to keep black people enslaved. And so this next piece in which I will cite my sources in the show notes below and they title it a tortured soul. And I believe that is so important that we really pay attention to this next portion of Mrs. Jarena's life so that we can really understand that for one, Christianity is not a white man's religion. It is a religion and a belief system for all. Let's just make that very clear. It is a belief system for all. But it is also something that can truly save, that can truly heal. And when you feel like you have nothing else and when you feel like you just have to surrender, if you surrender to Christ, he can truly change things for you. So according to Jarena's autobiography, which I'll have linked in the show notes below, she was born on February 11th, 1783 in Cape May, New Jersey. And though she was born into freedom... She grew up separated from her parents because of her work as a maid in a white household 60 miles from her hometown. She later recounted that at the age of seven, 
She recognized her sinful condition. So she recognized the sinfulness in which she was living in, even though she had no knowledge of the gospel. I'm pretty sure she probably could not even read. And so Jarena's autobiography offers few other details about her childhood or young adult life. And it jumps right into 1804, a year that marked the beginning of her conversion into Christianity. At the age of 20, she attended a Presbyterian meeting in Philadelphia, where once again, she was convinced of her wretchedness, but found no place of refuge. And so I found it very interesting that she was convinced of her wretchedness. And it says she recognized her simple condition. And so I wondered, you know, what does this mean? And so let's keep going. And so it says she found no place of refuge and Start quote, but not knowing how to run immediately to the Lord for help, I was driven of Satan in the course of a few days and tempted to destroy myself, end quote. Despite her illness, Lee continued to seek after the Lord. For several months, she attended St. Paul's Episcopal Church, drawn to the congregation by her affinity to its preaching style. But Lee never joined the congregation. Start quote. It appeared that there was a wall between me and a communion with that people, which was higher than I could possibly see over and seemed to make this impression upon my mind. In italics, this is not the people for you. End quote. The article goes on to say that it appears as though Lee used euphemistic language to describe either racial segregation or discrimination at the church, a claim which is corroborated by historian Carol George's notes that the congregation segregated seating and that the service targeted the social elite rather than formerly enslaved and or less educated people. The decision to leave the church proved to be a turning point in Lee's spiritual journey. According to her narrative, the very day she decided against joining this ch- the congregation, she attended the afternoon service at Mount Bethel AME Church with the head cook of her rooming house. There, she first encountered the preaching of Allen, Richard Allen, a former slave turned itinerant Methodist preacher. Allen, who was based in Philadelphia, also served as the primary leader of a group of African-American members of St. George's Methodist Church. The group had collectively left the congregation in the early 1790s after the church's white trustees had forcibly removed them from their seats during a 5 a.m. prayer, y'all. 5 a.m. prayer. So they was doing 5 a.m. prayer back in the 1700s, okay? Anywho, they forcibly removed them from their seats during 5 a.m. prayer, appalled. So the white people were appalled that the black people had not abided by the building's segregated seating. Following Allen's sermon, Lee committed to the AME congregation, and what followed were three spiritually exhausting weeks. I knew for a fact that Mrs. Jarena Lee had to be our very first modern woman pioneer in this series because when I read her story, it completely aligned with how God was having me to feel about not just doing something for Black History Month, but also doing something concerning mental health and concerning the health of our nation and the health of our women. Because as we know, if you've been on social media, there have been many 
many suicides and suicides of individuals who are very wealthy, very beautiful, have power and have influence. And yet, even with all of those things, they still felt as though they should take their lives. And if at the beginning of me reading this article, you didn't realize that her quote unquote simple nature and her wretchedness from living in the situation of slavery that she lived in was causing her to in her life, we're going to get into the portion in which she wrote in her book that this was something that she was dealing with because of the time of day that she lived in. And so let's continue. So after she committed to the AME congregation, what followed were three spiritually exhausting weeks. She wrote in her book, from the day on which I first went into the Methodist church until the hour of my deliverance, I was strangely buffeted a.k.a. sick, by the enemy of all righteousness, the devil. End quote. All of the spiritual trouble she had experienced over the previous years came back upon her with a fury. Jarena became despondent, returning to her desires of the vanities of this life, in which this is all from her book. But this decision, she said, only increased her depression. Once again, she entertained ending her life. According to her narrative, God intervened by sending her a frightening vision one fateful night. And the book goes on to say, That night I formed a resolution to pray, which, when resolved upon, there appeared, sitting in one corner of the room, Satan in the form of a monstrous dog, and in a rage, as if in pursuit, his tongue protruding from his mouth to a great length, and his eyes looked like two balls of fire, It soon, however, vanished out of my sight. From this state of terror and dismay, I was happily delivered under the preaching of the gospel as before related. After this crisis, she returned to church and professed faith in Christ, even as Alan was announcing the text of the sermon. Before Alan had the opportunity to preach, Lee did leap to my feet and declare that God, for Christ's sake, had pardoned the sins of my soul. Her book says, between four and five years after my sanctification on a certain time, an impressive silence fell upon me and I stood as if someone was about to speak to me, yet I had no such thought in my heart. But to my utter surprise, there seemed to sound a voice which I thought I distinctly heard and most certainly understood, which said to me, go preach the gospel. I immediately replied aloud, no one will believe me. Again, I listened, and again the same voice seemed to say, Preach the gospel. I will put words in your mouth and will turn your enemies to become your friends. Lee related this occurrence with the proper holy restraint in keeping with a 19th century spiritual autobiography. No pious Christian, especially a Methodist, would seek out such a high calling. It is only God who seeks. Yet, Lee offered a robust defense of her call to preach and by extension, a woman's call to preach. Despite her convictions, Allen initially denied her request, citing the denomination's policy on female preachers. Shortly after her request, she married Joseph Lee in 1811, an African-American Methodist pastor, and the Lees relocated to Snow Hill, New Jersey, where they served in an African Methodist congregation. After Joseph's death in 1818, Lee once again sought Allen's permission to preach publicly. 
By this time, Allen had become the bishop of the AME church and was free to decide the matter for himself. He permitted Lee to hold a prayer meeting in her home and to exhort when the occasion presented itself. After Lee's first time at the pulpit, Allen publicly affirmed her calling to preach the gospel. In true Methodist form, Lee began preaching at house meetings and on occasion, was given permission by Allen and other elders of the AME churches to preach on Sunday mornings. In addition to occasional opposition from church leaders, caring for her young son also made her itinerant ministry challenging. So itinerant is basically like travel. During her ministry in her home state of New Jersey, her mother cared for her son. Later, she would leave her son in the care of Alan and his wife, Sarah, while she ministered on the circuit. So basically traveling. Her preaching career occurred during the Second Great Awakening, which signifies a willingness and desire people had to hear the gospel preached, even if by an African-American woman. Though Lee did encounter resistance at times, the audiences in the West, at the time Michigan, Ohio, Western New York, they did receive her. Historians have argued that displaced settlers on the frontier were eager to hear preaching and that frontier women had a particular affinity for itinerant preachers. Lee's ministry fits neatly within this spatial context. As she found success in her ministry, she did so owing to her message and her style. As revival preaching in the West had to excite audiences, Lee was no bland preacher. She recounted one service in Portsmouth, Ohio in 1839, where, quote, the first Sabbath I spoke to the class, five fell to the floor under the influence of God's power, end quote. Lee preached for more than 20 years until illness slowed her down and dying in 1849, shortly after publishing a third revision of her autobiography, first written 16 years earlier. The book defended her calling to preach and helped to further the cause of African Methodism as she journaled her many travels and the acceptance she received as an official AME itinerant. Lee was instrumental in the expansion of women's roles within the AME church, as well as the denomination's growth in its infancy. Lee's life and work offer us a glimpse into the world of an extraordinary Christian woman, illuminating what life was like for an itinerant Methodist preacher and the difficulties of being the first woman preacher in the AME church. Despite little education, Lee preached to the audiences from slaveholding Maryland all the way up to Canada. Describing herself as a self-taught person, Lee could also be termed as a self-made person, worthy of standing with her contemporaries, the self-made men, Richard Allen and Frederick Douglass, but she is not only a leading figure for African Americans during the Second Great Awakening, she is also a trailblazer for women in ministry. Before doing research for this series, I had never heard of Mrs. Jarena Lee. I never knew who she was. I never even thought about trailblazing women in ministry. I never thought about modern pioneer women in ministry until I was thinking about how can I do something that honors Black History Month as well as Christ, as well as add to the topic of servant leadership. And I believe that Jarena Lee is a perfect first example of Black modern pioneer women of her time.
With God's help, she literally opened the door and started along the pathway for women to be able to preach in ministry, not just be in ministry, not just be nurses, not just be ushers, not just be helpful in ministry, but actually open up their mouths and allow their voices to be heard in ministry, which was not just white male dominated, but was also black male dominated. Okay. Jarena Lee's story teaches us that if Christianity wasn't really supposed to be for black people. How did she hear the voice of God? How did she truly become delivered from this spirit, from this, from this thing, this demon that wanted her to kill herself? Because in the day and age in which she lived, yes, we experience racism nowadays. Yes, we experience bondage. Yes, we experience generational curses. Yes, we experience hardships in this day and age. But can you think about experiencing the same things, the same mental things that you experience nowadays on a whole other level? Because she literally lived during a time in which people believed slavery was okay. I mean, it was still legal at that time. And so there were many things that I learned from Jarena's story. I just thank God again that I came across her story, but I learned that it doesn't matter what society tells you. It doesn't matter what your family tells you. It doesn't matter what has happened in your past or within your lineage or what type of cards, quote unquote, may have been dealt for you. If God says that that's what you're supposed to be doing, that is exactly what you're going to do, regardless of how society feels, regardless of how your family feel, regardless of how anybody feels about it. You're going to do what God has put you on this earth to do. Otherwise, I don't know what the otherwise is because we see Miss Mama's here. She did it. Okay. And so I really do hope that you guys stay with me for the rest of Black History Month and beyond because we have three more pioneer women that will definitely be featured in this month. And I don't know if God will have me keep going because I mean, there's so many who actually keep God at the forefront and who actually are modern pioneer women of their time like when we think of a pioneer this is someone who paves the way for something this is someone who is the first to do something and so that's why when I call you guys pioneers when I call myself a pioneer is because we had nobody that came before us that did it nobody who we know personally that can just give us the blueprint on how to do whatever that thing is that God is telling us to do and so modern pioneer woman I am here with you. We are here together. I want to encourage you to be just like Mrs. Jarena Lee. I want to encourage you to step out on faith even when people tell you not to do it. Even when society says you cannot do it. Even when what you have to say may not be the most popular thing to say. I just want to encourage you to step out on faith because if that is what God told you to do, that is what is already done, okay? And so I'm super excited to get into our modern pioneer woman next week so make sure you are subscribed make sure that you share this podcast with somebody who you know may need it or whether you know they need it or not just go ahead and share it okay and i will see you guys in the next episode of the successful servant leader podcast